This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, guys. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli. So today's episode is being recorded with you new Estes in mind because I know so many of you are graduating or, you know, are obtaining your licenses, adventuring out into a new world of aesthetics, looking for your first SD jobs. And I just want to press pause for a second and say I'm so proud of you guys. You had to endure a crazy, unprecedented year under circumstances none of us existing SDs have ever had to deal with. So I am so proud of your hustle, your focus, and just pursuing and trusting a new passion. I think people don't talk about this enough, but you know, having that diligence and focus and those long nights and all that goes into SD school, you know, it's a lot of time, it's a big commitment. And it's a lot when you just, you know, suddenly sign up for kind of a new craft or a totally new career. I remember that feeling when I was like trying out something completely new. It was a total 180. It was a complete career change for me. And all of a sudden you have to, you know, devote a lot of your life to going to school and pursuing this new craft. So I'm so proud of you. This episode is really made with a lot of you new graduates and estheticians in mind, though I think this is just great advice for all SDs to hear. So I posted on Instagram asking estheticians to send me their number one tip or piece of advice for new or even existing SDs. But I kind of wanted to compile a little cheat sheet here. So I'm excited. I want to dive right into these tips. I'm going to shout out the estheticians who sent them. Okay, the first tip is from Skin by Savannah. She says, put people first, really listen to them, build relationships, and people will trust you. 100%. I feel like this is an advantage that new Estes have because you're so fresh, you're so eager. I think we all know that this is kind of the goal to to make people feel special and and like the only person your attention is focused on. But, you know, you would be surprised as going into a spa becomes our day-to-day and it just becomes second nature It can be easy to kind of lose sight of this and almost go on a little bit of an SD autopilot. So this is a piece of advice I think is just so great for everybody to hear. It really is about those conversations and those relationships and relationships I had in the very beginning of my career a lot of them are just as strong as the relationships I have now with my clients. And that's because listening, listening to people 
it's a skill, but it's it's something you can do off the bat and something that can really be a big advantage to a new esthetician. When I was working in a spa, I had a, a great new clientele that just kept growing because I really feel like aesthetics is where I'm meant to be. I love talking to people and I feel like that was a strength I had that set me apart from other estheticians who maybe were just as great, if not better, technicians, more skilled, they had more experience, but I was just so eager to listen to people and make them feel good. So I never lost sight of that. So I love that. Savannah, thank you for submitting that. Okay. The next one is from The Tender. She says, narrow down your niche when you reach the halfway point. I think that's really interesting. And this goes back to a point I really like to make. It is okay to specialize. It is okay to be drawn to one area of aesthetics and really want to hone in on that and just be all about it. It, It's tough because, you know, when you're in a school environment, obviously your teacher's goals are to make sure you get a picture of every service that you can perform every service adequately. Your teachers probably aren't so concerned with like you finding your skill or your passion. And that's something that's not really, I mean, at least when I was in school, it wasn't talked about. I would like to see schools encourage that more because, you know, it's, it, it can be an environment where it's really just about getting everyone to pass state boards. And I felt like that was the emphasis. We never talked about picking one service or, you know, it being okay, even it being okay if you felt attracted to one thing, because maybe this sounds silly and maybe maybe more schools do talk about this, but when I was in school, I always felt shame because I just wanted to focus on skin. I could not, you know, I was just not drawn to waxing, lashes, makeup, none of that stuff did it for me. And I kind of just like dreaded doing it in a school setting or like, you know, feeling like, you know, it was just kind of an assignment because it wasn't natural for me anyway. So I wish there was more emphasis and like encouragement on you pursuing and spending more time on areas that you're passionate about. To to me, when I was in school, it kind of felt like you had to get these like points for each each service. And I hope educators don't mind me saying this because I understand why the system is that way, but it puts students in the frame of mind that, that, you know, they have to be a jack of all trades. And I don't think that's the case. I think you can make more money and be more successful, be happier and have people seek you out in the marketplace if you do choose one thing. So I really like that Kiana from The Butender brought this up because I think specializing is underrated and people should feel more empowered to decide what their specialty may be. I don't ne- necessarily think you need to put pressure on yourself. Like, I don't want you guys to listen to this and think, and think, oh, I'm halfway through school. I don't know what my specialty is. I should just pick something. 
if you can find something halfway and really hone in on it, that's amazing. But if it takes you longer, I think that's okay. And also just know it is okay to do that. Of course, you're going to have to learn every service so you can get your state board. So it totally makes sense that schools are structured that way. I'm just saying complete those things. Go in with an open mind. Like don't expect your teacher to be like, oh, Tess just like skincare. She's forget about the rest of it. She's just going to be, you know, over here focusing on skincare. So-and-so is going to be focusing on waxing. They won't have to learn the facials. No, like that's not, unfortunately, that's just not how the system works. We all need to learn everything. And I think there's value in it because when you graduate, oftentimes you have to, you don't have to, but oftentimes when you're first getting your foot in the door, you take a job somewhere where they expect you to know how to do a quick eyebrow wax if if a customer asks you to do it. So it's not bad by any means to, to learn every service, but also feel empowered to lean into what you love a little bit extra or spend your free time taking advanced classes in those areas that you really like. So that is kind of what I did subconsciously, even though when I was in school, I did feel that shame. I didn't think I was just allowed to focus on skincare. I felt like I was less of an esthetician because I felt that way, but I was still taking all my advanced classes with Michelle in my free time because I was just so eager to learn about different skin conditions and different specialties within skincare or giving facials. So I love that piece of advice. Rose Beauty Co., is next. She says, continue to take skin education classes to become more confident. Yeah, very in line with what we were just saying. And I think for that matter, take any classes that align with your niche. And even if something just sounds exciting or cool, take the class. If you can afford it, you will always learn something. You might make an important connection or like a fun connection, a friend connection. I've met a lot of cool people just taking classes. So highly encourage that. We we got to stay curious and we got to stay learning. And sometimes I feel like you stop being curious when you aren't seeking out new information and education because there is so much to learn in aesthetics if you can take the time. And if you can't commit to regular classes, there are podcasts, there are webinars, there are magazines. I like to subscribe to Dermascope magazine because sometimes I'm guilty of going a few months without taking a class. I like having something like arrive at my door. I have the material so I can read it in my downtime or subscribing to podcasts like mine. So every week there's a new episode and, you know, you're just prompted to learn more. So I think classes are amazing. We should all take more classes, but consuming information elsewhere too is okay. And just making that part of your lifestyle is kind of what I like to do. Like make make learning fun and seek out educators that you enjoy listening to because I think most of us are in this career because we enjoy it. It excites us. And that's so unique about our industry. It's so driven by passion. I feel like if you were to ask any esthetician like how they got into the career or why they do what they do, 
I think you're going to be like hard pressed to find an esthetician who's like, oh, I just do it because, you know, I fell into it. Like usually people have, you know, some strong reason or some driving force that keeps them motivated and excited to learn. The next tip I have is from my dear friend, Jackie Zuzu. She said, be yourself. It's so true. And I have so much love and respect for Jackie. First off, she was the first SD that I ever met in school who had a vision for her brand and her business like so early on. She knew she wanted to do lashes. She knew what she wanted her branding to be. And her brand is very much an extension of her. I think there there are people who have a different, you know, attitude toward their business. Some people think of it as a little bit separate. For some people, it's kind of like an extension of themselves. And I actually recorded an episode with Jackie and she talked about how being herself has been not only an asset to her business, but just so freeing for her because she... I think like a lot of us, when you first get into this industry and maybe you're working at another business, you think you have to be like a watered down version of yourself or a more, I mean, you do have to be a more polished version of yourself, but sometimes it kind of veers toward putting on an act a little bit or like a front with clients. And I think there's like a really beautiful time period that happens with estheticians where that wall kind of comes down and you just get comfortable and you're not second guessing yourself. And I think a lot of that comes with confidence. And confidence, I think, comes from not being perfect all the time, but just repeatedly maybe failing or repeatedly walking into a situation that's uncomfortable and just having to get comfortable. So I remember that that exact time period for myself. And when I started to be myself, to be comfortable, to not be this like, I, I mean, first of all, I was anxious because I was trying to be this perfect, polished esthetician. And it is hard when you're working for a different company to fully be yourself. Jackie has this luxury of having her own business. But I think, you know, when you can really fully be yourself, I think that opens up so many doors for you. And since it's such an energy-based career where people really, you know, pick up on your energy, I feel like it just brings you that much closer to your clients when you don't have those walls up and you can you can relax in your professionalism. It doesn't mean you are talking to your clients like, you know, like you would your best friend. There's still a degree of professionalism, but you're very much yourself as a caretaker and as an esthetician. The next piece of advice is from Aaliyah McManus. She's just the sweetest. We talk all the time. She said, I'm in SC school and I wish I was prepared for the amount of work mentally. (laughs) This is true. It's a good reality check. And I have to admit, I went into school literally just like excited to learn about some beauty products. I really did not have 
a vision of what my career was going to be. I didn't have some clear plan. I didn't have goals. I talked to so many of you who are pursuing SD school, and I feel like you guys are (laughs) in a much better place than I was in. But, you know, I just kind of adapted once I got into it. But I feel like this is good to know because I don't think beauty school is like the walk in the park that it gets made out to be in movies or just from from people who are outsiders who haven't done it. Sure, it's a relatively short period of time, like not quite a year. I understand how that could seem short to somebody, but when you're in it, it really is pretty consuming. For me, I went to school four days a week from five to like 1030 at night, plus my commute was like an hour sometimes a little more than that each way. So it is it is just a big change and a big shift. I definitely went into it super naive and I had a second job at the time. I think most of my classmates had a second job at the time. So I guess this advice is more for people who have not completed school yet, but you have to be mentally committed for sure. And I think it's, it's good to know this in case you know, you have other people you're responsible for, or you have a second job, you have a family. Not everyone has a completely flexible life where school is the only thing they're focused on. So that's interesting for sure. And Aaliyah was messaging me about the amount of homework she gets, which I thought was interesting because in my school, I I don't think that was really a thing. Thank gosh. I mean, I remember a couple assignments that were more in depth, but for the most part, we didn't have like homework on a regular basis. So I'm curious to know if any of you other SDs had homework in school, but that's a very fair point. Next from Alpin Glow Spa, she says, get comfortable touching and analyzing skin early on. Oh man, this is so true. I wish I had this mentality while I was in school because this is kind of sad to admit, but I would say the whole time I was in school and probably six months into working at in the spa environment, like touching clients, I was really uncomfortable. Maybe that's, maybe that's more people than I'm giving myself credit for, but I mean, it is kind of a weird thing. Like you've never really touched anyone's face before. It's kind of, it's kind of strange to be like, okay, stranger, come into this room where it's just us, like lie down on this bed and I'm going to rub your face for the next hour and a half. Like it is kind of unusual, but this is one piece of advice I really wish I took to heart because we would be in class and our teacher would ask for volunteers to work on people in the spa. And I would never raise my hand, which is so sad. And it wasn't, it's not really something I could even blame myself for because I was just so nervous, uncomfortable. I had anxiety. I was like trying to force myself to raise my hand, but I was just so nervous. And I wish I just understood at the time, like it's not about being perfect. You are in a school to learn and to practice. But for some reason, I felt like, okay, people are coming into the spa, like they're paying customers. I have to be 
perfect. And that is just not the case. Like this environment is there for you to get comfortable. The more you do it, just the the more comfortable and relaxed you get. And the closer you get to that stage of letting your letting your walls down and being comfortable and relaxed and you want that practice. I've had people ask me about, you know, how can I get my license online virtually? And maybe this is a thing, but I feel like, and this is coming from somebody with a virtual business, but I think when it comes to learning and like those first initial years in the field, like you got to get your hands on some skin because you just can't learn everything in a real applicable, like real world sense from a textbook. There's so much you can take away, but touching skin, seeing how it reacts, how it responds, seeing how each person can have a different response to treatment, learning about things to be aware of, or like real world reactions that happen, God forbid, when things don't go perfectly. You don't always learn about that in a textbook. So this is true. If you are in that position where you have to volunteer for facials, I want you to raise your hand. Like do as many as you can. It will truly benefit you so, so much. The next piece of advice is from a newly licensed professional. They said, network as much as you can. Okay, I know this person and I know I know their intentions and they're like the kindest, sweetest soul ever. But I want to talk about the word networking and why it kind of makes me cringe a little bit. And in no way is this what this person was saying. But When it comes to networking, I feel like the traditional sense of the word is shaking a lot of hands, making connections to in some way benefit you in your career. I don't know. It's just, in my opinion, I can always sense when somebody is is talking to me with like, a selfish goal in mind or like they just have the intention of like getting something from me I kind of want people to network in a different sense where we just go to events with pure intentions of learning putting ourselves out there and making friends in a professional sense and it doesn't mean you hang out with whoever you meet on the weekend or go drinking but in a friend sense, like I have always gone to classes or shows or any type of public environment, like literally just wanting to like make a friend and maybe know somebody in the industry. I think that will take you so much farther than, than making connections just to benefit your career because yeah, like connections can, can help. And it, it, in a lot of situations, it's about who you know. And if if you're looking for a job, of course, it's helpful to know certain people. But at the end of the day, like you are defined in this career by what you do, not necessarily who you know, like your individual work and what you can build for yourself. So it's always, you always want connections because you are going to want to have people you can ask questions, bounce ideas off of. 
it's, it's great to know people. And I mean, that's kind of why I love this podcast, but I never thought of it as a networking opportunity. And I think going into it with such pure intentions to literally like learn some things about skincare or learn from some experts and perhaps make some friends along the way. I think it's done me, um, pretty good. Like it's, it's, it has been beneficial for me, but I never thought of it as networking. So I'm okay with us obviously like having the intention to, to, benefit our career, like that's amazing. But I think we also have to recognize people are human and nobody likes to feel like you're shaking their hand to get something out of them. I will be honest, I read a lot of DMs and I get a lot of requests. And if I'm getting the vibe just from a message where somebody asks me for something right off the bat without making any attempt to have like a natural conversation or ask how I am or like get to know me as a person. If somebody just goes in out the gate and like asks me for something or just asks, can I come on your podcast? I have this great business. Like I want to be on your podcast. I want to promote myself. It immediately turns me off. So I just wanted to mention that because I know a lot of new SDs are ambitious, we're passionate, we all mean well, but when it comes to networking, I think people need to think about it in a natural sense. And the person who sent me this question now has me as a connection because they have always been so kind to me. They have always just, we've had like a natural conversation. And if something were to ever come up for them, they needed something or needed someone, I would be there for them. But don't underestimate the power of one-on-one individual relationships and taking the time to nurture those relationships rather than going into events thinking you are immediately going to get something out of knowing knowing somebody or meeting somebody at that event or thinking meeting somebody is going to immediately get you a job. It might, like plenty of people are more aggressive in that approach and they will get a job because they met so-and-so at a conference. Like that's totally, totally possible. And everyone is, is, has a different level of, you know, being receptive to those types of meetings and introductions. For me, I get I get easily like turned off if somebody comes across inauthentic or I just like get the sense that they're wanting something from me. Um, it kind of turns me off. So that's just that's just my personal perspective. But I I love the point about networking and I would just like to reiterate you can network in very natural normal situations. Like when you are going to a class that has five people in it, or, you know, when you are taking a class from a new instructor, like taking a class with Joelle Lee or taking a class with Michelle Phelan or Douglas Preston. I think people are very willing to help you out, especially young learning estheticians, but I've always treated those relationships with patience and respect and like kindness and just consideration for the person 
or even somebody like the Dallas esthetician, Savannah Boda. I have asked her to come on my podcast and I, I I love Savannah as a person. There are things that have come up in her life where I've, I've seen on Instagram, like she's been overloaded with work. And I've just said like, Hey, I know a lot is going on in your world. Like let's put the podcast off. You let me know when you're ready. It will be here. It would be so easy for somebody to not be considerate and not think about those things. But to me, those relationships are the most important, like Savannah's well-being and mental health and having like her work is her baby. It's her life. I want her to be healthy in that arena before she comes on the podcast. It would be so easy to just think like, oh my gosh, I want to have the Dallas Esthetician on my podcast. She has a huge following. But in the long run, I just, I think like having respect for people and those relationships is what wins out. So that was a tangent, but very valid and such a great point. So network, but just know true networking is about valuing the relationships and knowing when you go into relationships with pure intentions, you do not seek anything out selfishly. In the long run, you gain people's trust and you are more likely to, to, to benefit from a healthy, respectful relationship. So that's what true networking means to me, like going into things with integrity and understanding like they're also a person with a life and needs. When you are asking for somebody's time, that is really, really precious and valuable. So as much as we're told, like be aggressive, like ask people to talk, try to make connections, just just be mindful like they are a person with their time as well. And part of responsible networking is is just being a genuine human, having respect for them and their time and treat them as a person. Don't treat them as somebody who's going to give you something that you want. The next piece of advice is from SD Alex. She's one of my favorite people in the entire world. If you guys don't follow SD Alex, you must. She sent me a bunch of things. So I'm going to highlight a few of them. She says, learn how to sell retail it will make you loads of money if you do it right. Honestly, this is true. People don't talk about it enough, but retail can can make you just as much as your services do. And typically with retail, that's not something that's like requiring a lot of effort. I mean, aside from shipping or from, you know, putting boxes on your shelves. For me, I sell my products online. So at this point in time, I virtually have to do nothing. Retail can make people a lot of money. It can be a really great way to have more stability in your career. And honestly, I think we need to think about selling product and retail as less of a dirty word. When I was in school, I was terrified of the thought of retail because I thought it was wrong. But it's like, I'm in school to learn about 
quality skincare. Obviously, there's some appeal. Obviously, there is a need for it. So what I now do is I think about retail and recommending products for people. I think of that as a service. That is literally part of the reason my virtual services are priced the way they are because it includes those personalized recommendations for the client. That is something people are literally willing to pay for. So if you are in a spa or you are just, you know, an esthetician on Instagram, that is like a viable service that people are looking for. There are a lot of companies that are trying to automate this process right now. I was recently offered, and I'm just telling you guys this to to talk about it, not in a, please don't take this as like a a bragging sense, but I was asked by a company to be part of a campaign where they have an app that scans somebody's face and recommends products for them. And they wanted me to be part of the campaign. And I said, no, because why would I want to automate this what we do as estheticians, why would I want to make that a service that a robot can do and stand behind it as an esthetician? I, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I think what estheticians have to offer is something that cannot be duplicated by a robot or a machine or an app. It's that personalized attention to understanding somebody's whole skin history, what is going on in their lifestyle, what they're currently using, what they can safely transition to, what they are prepped for, what is going to be the next step considering what they're already doing. What is the next step for them? What do they need? I think it's really hard for an app (laughs) to duplicate that. And I think SD should realize like the ability to retail and recommend product for somebody is a strength. There's a lot of people trying to figure out what products could possibly benefit their skin and be helpful to them. People are on Sephora, on Dermstore, on Ulta, looking at, you know, categories, adding filters, trying to find out what they need. If a professional can look at somebody's skin and have a conversation with them, and then make a recommendation, that is very much valuable. So yes, 100% agree, SD Alex. She also said, even if you want to open your own place right out of school, find a mentor to follow. I totally agree. And Alex is one of the few SDs I have seen like go straight into having her own business right out of school. And I will say, I don't think that's the route for everyone. She's just an incredibly impressive human, but there's also no weakness in waiting, working for somebody else, finding out what their business does successfully and where they could improve. But I do agree with her. If you are just like so dead set on it and you feel like that is just the only route that could be possibly right for you, definitely find a mentor to follow. And I would say just be willing to invest in some coaching lessons, talking to somebody like Douglas Preston or Royal and Melissa Ellis from Spa Strong. Be a little bit ready to talk to some mentors or some coaches because you could be an incredible 
esthetician, you could come out of esthetician school just being great at the services you want to recommend, but there's still things that you're going to want help with. So I totally concur. I would say work somewhere else if you can if you can tolerate it. I would say even a year of experience is going to be so beneficial and definitely be okay with finding a mentor to follow. Last one from SD Alex is don't get flustered when it comes to difficult clients. Everyone makes mistakes. This is true. It happens. You're bound to make mistakes. It can feel really embarrassing in the moment. I had maybe one or two experiences that like really stuck with me where clients were just really unhappy and it's it it happens to everyone. So if you've made a mistake, please like forgive yourself, move on. It's okay. Everyone makes mistakes and yeah, you're going to get those clients who just it's tough because we we all attract our own people and you can have your soul clients who you feel like 100% get you. They're so your people. They respect everything you say. They follow your rules. They follow your plan. They think you are God's gift to earth. And then you're going to have those people who just challenge you, who walk in your room trying to run the show or just like second guess everything you're telling them. Don't get flustered. Stick to your policies be respectful. I'll be honest, I have to check myself sometimes because you're gonna have people who don't have a sense of what it's like to be in your position or to have your own business. They may not respect you and hopefully those people will figure out sooner than later or you might have to tell them that they're just not a fit for your business and you should feel empowered to say that. But yes, don't get flustered. Stay even keel. Take time away from your correspondence. If you're talking to them over email, if they're if they're upset and irrational, just try to be the logical, non-emotional one. Ask them how you can make them happy. This is one thing I learned from working in a spa. My boss was willing, she would do whatever. I mean, she had her rules and her boundaries, but if somebody had a bad experience, she would give, she would literally ask them how she could make them happy, how she could make it right, what she could do for them. And if that means you lose, you know, a little bit of product or money on a service, it's, it, it, sometimes you just gotta kind of eat that. But the most important thing is to not let those people affect your day or what you carry into other services. And I'm mostly concerned with like keeping your energy and your attitude and your happiness in a good place. Okay, a couple more here. Be well with Mallory says, be open to learning always, never stop learning. There is room for all of us to succeed. Oh yes, especially this last one. Do not feel like you are in in competition with anyone. Like even if your next door neighbor does the exact same service, trust me, there is enough people for everybody. It's it's more of like a mindset of feeling like you're in competition. You're both going to attract different people because you have unique businesses. You both have different, even if you provide the same services, they're the same price. You as the service provider have a different energy. You are going to be a magnet for certain people and their energy. 
And it's so easy. I just did an episode talking about Instagram comparison and jealousy because we're in such a unique industry where we're always seeing our, you know, our peers. We're always seeing their rooms, their equipment, their services. It is so easy to compare yourself, but I'm telling you that comparison is just going to rob you of your joy and your happiness. And you cannot get in your head thinking because somebody else is winning that you're not going to win, it actually means that there is potential for you to grow, for you to succeed too. So I really, really mean that. Do not get caught up comparing yourself. There's room for everybody. My SD Donna, she says, start somewhere humble. Work for somebody so you can learn and get free certifications. I, I truly, truly agree with this. And maybe it's humble for me. I think the biggest thing is work somewhere that you are going to have training, education, and somebody who really takes an interest for you. I would say like reputation wise, the first two spas that I worked at, they were both like prestigious, like very well-regarded in people's minds, totally different styles of management between the two. And in my first SD position, my boss was a makeup artist. She was a cosmetologist, but she never, you know, she never got her esthetician license. It's such a different world. So when I gave her facials, she was (laughs) probably just trying to like relax and, you know, like, I mean, she would just at the end of it, tell me like, that was great. Thank you. Like, thank you so much. That was perfect. Like you're amazing. Very flattering at the time, like very encouraging, but it was kind of (laughs) awakening when I got to my next position where it was so much more about skill and fluidity. And I had never been told like the things I learned in that job, which was like your pressure matters. Like You need to have, you know, some more sophisticated massage moves. You need to have confidence when you're touching somebody's face. People don't want to feel like this feather light pressure where they can't feel, you know, like it just feels like feathers on their skin. That's not really what people want. And I had no idea. You just don't know what you don't know. So I think it's so important to Work somewhere where you're going to have some sort of superior who takes an interest in you. If you are somewhere and you're not getting, you know, that personalized attention, I think it's time to move on because it's really hard to grow just on your own without any direction unless you're, you're, you know, I don't know, even if you're taking a ton of outside classes, you kind of need somebody there who's going to like show you the ropes and be willing to invest in you, who encourages you to seek out more education because there are different levels of skill in aesthetics and it shows in, in, in the businesses that you go receive facials from. You can tell who is highly educated in skincare and corrective skincare versus somebody who was never, you know, never taught how to give a really great facial. And you need to be taught that it's important to pay attention to the little details. So 
I don't think it matters like if that's a massage envy, if it's a if it's a chain. It's not about putting an impressive brand name on your resume because I will tell you again, one of the first places that I worked at, very impressive name, spa name on the inside, there was nobody to show me what I was doing. I would leave facials. I'm so embarrassed to think about this. I would finish a facial and I would just leave all of my products, bowls, everything so messy. I would leave it out. The client would open their eyes. They would see all that and walk out. I didn't know until my next job that you kind of clean as you go. It's like, it's the little things that show professionalism. I didn't know these things until I met somebody who taught me them. So you don't know what you don't know. Find a boss that's going to invest in you as a person and who takes an interest in you. Last one is from Heidi the SD. She says, trust your abilities, stay teachable, network with peers, and always make ethical decisions. Oh man, these were a lot of good ones. Okay, trust your abilities. Yes. And even if you are not 100% skilled yet, just know the confidence comes with the repetition. It comes with the failure and just repeatedly trying over and over. Stay teachable. That is so, so true because when your boss or you know somebody who's who's managing you, when they give you advice or feedback, I know it's so like automatic sometimes to like feel a little bit defensive, especially if you put your all into that facial. Like I, I've had, you know, experiences with clients where in my mind, like nothing went wrong in that facial. It was wonderful. I gave it my all. And then, you know, somebody comes out the other side saying like her hands were cold or this and that. And you really do have to be receptive to it. It will only make you better. So try not to take, not to take anything too personally when it comes to feedback, just know it will benefit you. And as much as it sucks, because we all want to be perfect, nobody's perfect. So take those criticisms as a good thing and just, you know, use them as opportunities to be better. Networking, going into events, putting yourself out there. Even if you're shy, I get it. As a shy person myself, I get it. It's uncomfortable, but it's 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 good. It really is good to meet people, put yourself out there. But keeping the intention pure. We are not meeting people because they have, you know, this many followers on Instagram. We think being friends will benefit us or give us status or open up more doors for us. All about intentions. And lastly, she said, always make ethical decisions. Yes, that's always the goal, though. I know a lot of you are young listening and things happen. We get to we get confronted with choices we have to make in life as we get older and they can involve business. They can involve relationships, clients, money, boundaries. And although I don't think it's realistic for, for me to tell you guys, always be perfect, always make ethical choices, lean into your gut feeling and your gut intuition 
because you will be surprised. These situations will come up. And I'm not going to say I have always been perfect. I try to listen to my gut though. And sometimes we do make mistakes and they're not mistakes if you can learn something from them. And hopefully you can use those mistakes to be better than the person you were last year or five years ago. We've all had things happen to us in life where we look back on a situation and we think, I didn't make the, the smartest choice there. I Maybe I, I led with emotion instead of, of looking at the long term and looking at what is going to be the choice I can sit with, be proud of. And yeah, I just wanted to say that because I know sometimes things happen and, and forgive yourself if you make a mistake and, and just try to learn from it. If something feels off in your gut or it feels wrong or you're questioning it, you're not sure if it's right, it's probably wrong. So try to make decisions that you can live with and decisions that you can be proud of in five years, 10 years for the rest of your life. I'm going to wrap up the episode here. A massive thank you to all of you who submitted such genius advice. Thank you so much you gave me this episode. And if you guys like this episode, perhaps I can do more. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And I will talk to you in the next episode.